0: atmosphere church podcast on behalf of all of us here at atmosphere thank you for downloading or streaming this service we pray that it will touch your heart and change your life in addition to bringing you today's service we want to make ourselves available to you in any way we can if you need prayer or just someone to talk with please send us an email to info at atmosphere.church someone from our team will be sure to connect with you We have already prayed for you that today's message would speak directly to your heart and empower you to live the life God has called you to live. Enjoy the message.
1: It's been a a tough week for all of us. Uh, In one way or another, your life has been interrupted. Some of you, uh, you know, your job has uh, told you uh, they don't need you this week. Uh, Maybe your school has been closed. Uh, Perhaps... Um, you, you had a scheduled um, vacation or, or a job situation that was going to uh, take you somewhere, and uh, you were told that uh, that's not going to happen anymore, and it, it's just weird. It's just so weird. It's just uh, I feel like I'm living in a bad episode of A Little House on the Prairie. But like you know, the 2020 edition—it's just super odd. I don't know how many of you feel like it's like got a like we're in just a bad movie. That's kind of what it feels like to a to a degree. And so, I've been rustling around with whether or not we should have a gathering, and uh, rightly so. I mean, you got our governor going up on Wednesday night saying that you know definitely. Uh, no gatherings over 250. That was a recommendation. It wasn't a du- you know uh, a direct uh, uh, law or whatever that says that you got to do this. So it was a suggestion. Uh, we were under that l- that level, and so I I wasn't really bothered by that. I, I was more bothered by how uh, the scientists and doctors are saying that um, people are uh, you know carrying this thing and not even realizing they're carrying it, that we're transmitting it. And so I I was thinking of the spectrum of ages that are represented here at Atmosphere, and and I just thought, man, I just don't want uh, to be responsible for unknowingly transmitting a virus to somebody that is older, that is in the higher risk category, and and they get sick because they came to church. And so I've been wrestling with this. I'm just gonna be honest with you. And I wanted to do the right thing. And so I always have believed the right thing is do what God wants you to do. That's the right thing, is the God thing. And so I know what other churches were doing. I've been following that, talking to some of our network churches. But I prayed this prayer, this is my prayer. I said, God, what do you want for Atmosphere Church? I know what this church is doing, what that church is doing, but what are you telling us to do? And so I I don't I'm not I'm not one that that kind of tells or advocates for you to do this. But I took my Bible and, and I did Bible what I call Bible roulette. And I just, I really did this. I said, okay, God, I'm just gonna turn it open. I don't know what we should do. What is the right thing to do? And I just flipped it open. It was a brand new Bible that I had sitting in my room, and I just grabbed that, and I go, this is fresh. It doesn't have any memorized pages yet. So so I just got it out. I opened it up. I put my finger down, and I turned open to the book of Joel, which got my attention right away, because some of you were like, I didn't even know there was a book of Joel in our Bible. Small little book. In the Old Testament, and my finger fell on chapter 2, beginning at verse 20. This is what it said It says, Surely the Lord has done great things. Don't be afraid, O land. Crazy. Be glad now and rejoice. For the Lord has done great things. Do not be afraid, you animals of the field, for the wilderness pastures will soon be green. The trees will again be filled with fruit. Fig trees and grapevines will be loaded down once more. Rejoice, you people of the Canejo Valley." Or Jerusalem rejoice in the Lord your God for the rain he sends demonstrates his faithfulness once more the autumn rains will come as well as the rains of spring and I'm not even exaggerating this I look out the window as I'm reading this in awe going wow this is so cool and it's raining outside Now, we haven't seen rain in this area for quite a while, and it's been raining quite a bit this week. And I just use that as an exclamation mark that the Lord was using this to speak to us as a church to say, I want you guys still to gather. I want you to still to be together. And I can't think of a better time that we need to be together. Like when we're in crisis mode, the church is the hope of the world, so I believe like, they, like, this isn't a luxury, this is a necessity for us to be together. There's healing being given out as we meet together. Jesus said, wherever two or more are gathered in my name, there I will be in the midst of them. So I understand that there's power in getting together, but at the same time, I, I wanna balance it with the tension of understanding there's people at higher risk. That's why I said, if you don't feel comfortable coming to church, Hey, you have my blessing and my full support. Stay home. Watch it online. You know, this allows us to do a good test drive uh, to uh, allowing people that are outside of our area join us as a church community. And I have friends literally around the nation that have been asking me to go online since we started this church. So there you go. All right. We're making lemonade out of some lemons here. And we're online today. So welcome All of you that are watching and uh, let us know where you're watching from. That'd be awesome. But I'm looking at this going, "Okay, God wants us to meet. And and I have no ill will towards any church that has made the decision to shut down, especially churches that have over 250 people in their auditorium. I believe that it would be the right thing to not meet and to go online, as most of them have done. And, And I will tell you that this thing is changing not by the day, but by the hour. So there is a possibility between now and 6 p.m. when we're supposed to come back together for our worship night that we could get a directive from uh, state or local officials that mandate us not meet. So that could happen. So be uh, watchful about that. And uh, we'll send out, if we don't meet, you'll hear from us. If we do meet, uh, you won't hear from us. You show up at six o'clock and uh, we will get our praise on, all right? So uh, John chapter 17 I want to I want to talk this morning, and, and we were we were supposed to be in our last talk on back to the '80s, and matter of fact, we were supposed to have an '80s party, and I just I I, I wasn't thinking that we were probably in a party mood, even though I was really looking forward to bringing the mullet back today. Uh, we're gonna we're not gonna cancel that. We're just postponing that. We're gonna come back to that, but but we we felt like there needs to be a message given to the church and how we respond as followers of Jesus to what's happening this unprecedented time like what is our response as followers of Jesus and so I'm entitling this morning's talk not afraid not afraid and, and the focus is on the word not because in the Bible there are a lot of nots that are spoken and the not that I, I really want us to focus on this morning probably the the biggest not of all for the season that we're in as a culture and as a world, it says this. This is a prayer that Jesus is praying to God. Now his disciples obviously hear him praying this prayer and they're they're, there kind of recording like, how, how does Jesus pray to God? And so we have this prayer that is recorded in John chapter 17 that Jesus prays. He says, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. So I want us to look at this first big knot in the Bible that has everything to do with the season that we're in, and here's the truth, we are not of this world. This is what Jesus is declaring in his prayer to our Heavenly Father. He's saying, they are not of the world as I am not of the world. So what that tells me is we have a different filter that we are to run everything through that happens to our life. The world is gonna be freaking out. The world is gonna be in in panic mode, buying up all the toilet paper. (laughs) I have a supplier if you do need some. Just saying. Um, I got an inside connection. But I'm like, I mean, the world is coming undone. But you think about it, like, like we have enjoyed so many comforts in our world, especially as a nation. I mean, we, we have luxury that we enjoy every day that we just take for granted. That's really a privilege, but because we experience it every day, we tend to take what, what is common and, and release it and don't pay attention to it and stop appreciating it. But in, it seems like in, in a matter of one week, everything that we really trusted in, everything that we believed in as far as like a society or a culture, it completely stopped. It's like the, the pause button was pressed. I mean, Disneyland is closed. March Madness is canceled. That's unprecedented. But yet we have a new filter that God has installed inside of us That when trouble comes into our world, we don't handle it like the rest of the world. We are not of this world. So here are three responses that I believe we need to note from this new filter that has been stalled in us as followers of Jesus. Number one, we live by faith, not by fear. Let me say that one more time. We live by faith and not by fear. We take this from second Corinthians chapter five, verse seven, where Paul writes this, he says, "We live by faith, not by sight. see, we are used to as human beings, we just live to kind of what we see in front of us, and so we adjust our life to according to what we see, what the the current events are, and we make adjustments to it as people of God, as followers of jesus we don't we don 't live our life according to what we're seeing on Fox News or CNN or whatever news outlet that you pay attention to. We don't do it that way. We we take our orders from God and we live according to what he has promised us instead of what we see being lived out in front of us. We live by faith, not by sight. Jesus goes on in John chapter 14, he says this, and I think this is so good. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled Trust in God and trust also in me. Trust in God, trust also in me. Now, one of the things that that I have really been gleaning off of in this season that we're in is Psalm 91. I highly encourage you as a family that you guys go home today or tomorrow, read the whole Psalm because it is gonna speak hope into this situation that from the world's perspective seems pretty hopeless. It's gonna speak hope to you. Especially as a follower of Jesus. but I want to highlight verses 4 through 14 through 16. It says this. it says, "The Lord says, "I will rescue those who love me, I will protect those who trust in my name. That, that's the key. Trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer and I will be with them in what church? I will be with them in trouble, I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with the long." life and give them my salvation there's a lot that you can unpack in Psalm 91 to just breathe hope into your soul but one of the things that I really get excited about is God says I am with you the most repeated commandment in the Bible is do not be afraid do you know that but the most repeated promise in scripture is I will be with you I think that is so good for us to kind of understand while we're living in the season that we're in because fear, for the most part, is something that God has given to us so that we might be protected in our life. That it's it's actually a good thing to be fearful of stuff that is possibly gonna hurt you or harm you, and so it's your body's natural way, it's your natural mechanism to protect itself. But what I've seen is I've seen Fear be replaced by a spirit of fear, and what is used to protect us is now being used to paralyze us. And so people are being paralyzed in their life by fear. And we're fearful creatures just in our natural state. I think it's kind of comical if you think about it, like when angels would visit people in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, the, the first thing that the angels have to declare over the person that they're visiting is do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. And I am I guess I'm with them. If an angel comes and visits me, I, I think I, I might freak out a little bit. But don't be afraid. Why? Because we have a tendency to run in fear, to be anxious, and to worry. I, I was... Kind of laughing at at this line it 's not funny, but it, it is kind of funny because they opened up their first drive through test site in Colorado yesterday, and they had to shut it down because so many cars were lined up to be tested for this virus and The reason I was laughing is because i 'm even like thinking about my own headspace that you know I had a sniffle like three days ago, and I was like, "Oh, I have the coronavirus <laughs> it 's like our nat- like we're kind of all hypochondriacs in a way. We're like, oh, you know, we, we Google our symptoms. And it's like, yep, I'm dying. I'm dying. That's why I do not advocate you uh, going online to uh, uh, Google your symptoms. All right, but in this case, you might want to on the, on the virus. But, but listen to what what Paul writes to Timothy, who. It was in the face of persecution, had all kinds of uh, things happening against his life. Paul wanted to encourage him. He says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love and sound mind. It's okay to have fear. It's not okay to be possessed by the spirit of fear. And even followers of Jesus can be overwhelmed by a spirit of fear. And how do you know you're being overwhelmed by a spirit of fear? It is paralyzing you to do what God has called you to do. It's not healthy, and it's not godly, and it might even be demonic. Some of you that are so anxious you can't sleep at night, that's not the the peace that God has called you to live with. And so I encourage you, if if you feel like you've been overwhelmed with the spirit of fear, let us pray for you. Matter of fact, I will tell you that the Bible says that if if you're hurting and you're sick, let the elders of the church lay hands and pray for you. I know everyone's saying like social distance. I will lay hands on you, and I'm going to believe that God is going to unleash healing over that spirit of fear and give you deliverance. And I'm not afraid to touch you because I have my bottle of Purell in my pocket. (laughs) John 14, verse 27. I am leaving you with a gift. I, I love this. is a New Living Translation. Jesus is saying, I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or what? Or afraid. Jesus says, I, I'm giving you a gift. That the world doesn't have this gift. The world can't even get this gift that they wanted to. But I've given it to you. Because you're in me, my peace is in you. And as you are living in me, my peace is going to be living in you. And so when the world is coming undone, you don't have to come undone, because you have my peace guiding you and living in you. Matthew chapter 6, verse 34, it says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own so when you are a follower of jesus you don't respond with fear as much as you respond with faith why because jesus who is greater than any virus or any sickness or any trouble is living in you and if he's in you and he's overcome the world that by default makes you more than an overcomer it makes you more than a conqueror so no matter what you face God is greater, and if God lives inside of you, you are greater than whatever you're facing. Does that make sense? So here's the second truth that you need to understand as you were responding to everything that is happening right now is we are concerned, not crushed. We're concerned and not crushed. We're we're going to experience difficulty in our life. Stuff is going to happen against our life. Jesus told us this. He said, just because you're my follower doesn't mean that you have this immunization card and no trouble will ever befall you. Matter of fact, he says, because you follow me, more trouble will come your way than most other people experience. The world's not going to be your fan because you're following me. But Jesus said, take courage. I've overcome the world. So Paul, who writes this letter to the Corinthian church, says this. He says, we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. Paul is letting everybody know I have been through a lot of trouble in my life. And I've had a lot of difficulties that I've faced. But he said, one thing I've realized: no matter what difficulties come my way, I've I've lived out and I'm I'm at peace that God is greater than this difficulty that is in my life. That's saying a lot, because Paul would say, you ain't seen any trouble compared to me. I mean, I I was beat up and left for dead. People did think I died, and I might have died. I had a near-death experience, so maybe I did die and came back to life, and I've been shipwrecked. All this stuff happened to me, but you know what? I'm okay, because God is with me as I have been through all of these things. That's comforting. So he says, I'm concerned, but I'm, I'm not crushed. And, and here's what I've discovered with this space that we're living in. Most people have never been through a difficult season like this. Not that they've, they've had things happening in their life, but the stability of the world has now been thrown in, into question. From our economy, the stock market this week was crazy, people with jobs and financial things. And, and on top of that, obviously, the, the fear of a sickness happening to us. But here's what God spoke to me. Sometimes things have to be shaken to be awakened. Amen. I was talking to Julian this week. He goes, I've been praying that 2020 would, would bring clear vision. He says, I think God answered our prayer. The clarity is... The normal life and the complacent life that we all have been enjoying has been turned upside down. And the clarity is this, that only God is stable. Only a relationship in God is capable of really getting through this stuff. And life as we know it is not stable. Life as we know it is not predictable. Anything can and possibly might happen against our life. We don't know. I mean, tomorrow... Some of us may get hit by a car and we die. Some of us may face a- another kind of, of tragedy. And, and I don't want to be like Debbie Downer this morning, but the latest Time Magazine statistic is w- one out of every one person dies. <laughs> I don't know if you knew that statistic. But see, we haven't really been in a space where, where a lot of people have really explored their own mortality. They've really kind of looked at this and said, man, I, I could die. Yeah. Hello, McFly. <laughs> yes. And I've been leading church as a pastor for 30 years, and I will tell you, I have been through my fair share of tragedies and leading other families through it. My own family has endured some tragedy. So, so know that... We are going to experience difficulty, but this should not shake us. It's going to wake up a world that is asleep. But for us as believers, we're not shaken because we're already experiencing the awakening of God. We've prayed. We've prayed as a church. God, bring us an awakening. And, And that was the word that God gave me in 2019, is that 2020, there would be a great awakening that takes place. Hello, we might be living in the stage before the awakening happens. And before the awakening, there needs to be a shakening. That's what we're talking about. And maybe some people, for the first time in their lives, are contemplating what it means to have the reality that they may not make it. But, but here's where we get to step in as believers is we need to be concerned about this, not m- maybe necessarily for our sake, but we need to be conscientious about other people. And, and especially as, as science and doctors are, are providing more and more information about this virus is that it is highly transmittable you could be a carrier of this thing and not have any symptoms yourself, but you could pass it on to somebody else, and I think that's what's concerning most of these uh, officials, is, is we need to be mindful of that. And even today, we've changed it up. We're normally the most hugging church you're ever gonna see or be a part of, right? But we're having to go against our nature today. We're just like, this is awkward, we wanna shake your hand, we'll hug you. And, and so we, we have the uh, atmosphere handshake, which is a little foot tap, you know, but it's just it's just weird. But here's what we need to understand is that we need to take some precautions, maybe not necessarily for us. We're like, hey, if we die, we're good. We're going to go to heaven. But we need to be thinking about our, our community. And, and one of the biggest ways we can love our neighbor is to be mindful that we don't want to share germs with our neighbors. And so what we need to be mindful of that and wash your hands a lot and and make sure that that we're you know, sanitize when we come into uh, proximity with, especially with people that are at higher risk with this, and and, and just get rid of the spirit of dum dum in church. I mean, and so what's the spirit of dum dum? This is this is like Christians that I've heard and they've said it's like. God won't let anything happen to me. I'm just gonna go and I'm just gonna do whatever I want. You know, I'm gonna, I, I'm, just gonna, I'm gonna come to church sick because God will protect everybody around me and, and he wants me to be with him. Yeah, you know what? Be with him in your house. Don't, don't, don't do that. Don't come in here regardless of this virus or just a flu. You know that, that doctors are saying we are, we are also in the midst of the largest flu season that we have experienced in the last decade. That there's a lot of people with the flu that are out there that you know need to stay at home. You need to just be mindful of your symptoms and, and love your neighbor and just keep your distance. You know, I, I've got. I remember when I was a, a, a young believer and I really didn't fully understand the Bible that much, but I remember I, w- I went to a, a Bible study and there was this girl and she was gonna go into this bad part of town at night because she's like, I, I, I feel like I, I need to go talk to this, this person and they're in this bad area of town and it's nighttime. She's like an 18-year-old girl and I'm like, w- w- would God really want you to do that? To go and endanger your life for that? And she goes, God will protect me. And I had an issue with that even as a a young believer that didn't really understand the Bible that much, going, that that doesn't seem right because God wants us to use wisdom as well as being spirit-led. Don't just go out there and just be flippant about how you are acting. My dad, who's 82 years old, he might even be watching right now. But I called him Wednesday to check on him and say, how are you holding up in this? And he was sick. And I got highly concerned because I don't live in the same city that he lives in now. I was like, man, I got to make sure my brother's checking on him. And But I was like, how did he get sick? And he went to the urgent care, and then he ended up getting uh, some kind of a, a bug uh, from just being at the urgent care. And so we have to be mindful of this uh, in this season that we're in. So be concerned, but not crushed, all right? Here's the third point, and we need to, to wrap this up, is... We're sacrificial, not selfish. We're sacrificial, not selfish. Now, our default setting, our, our broken nature is we are self-centered people. And you can see this on a typical two-year-old. A typical two-year-old is not pretty much willing to share anything. They, they want to be selfish. That, that's our nature, But see, when you became born again, you were given a new nature by God. And he redeemed you of the old nature. And because he redeemed you, you now have the nature of your redeemer. And your redeemer has this nature. Romans 5, 8 declares this to us. But Christ proved God's passionate love for us by dying in our place while we were still lost and ungodly. Our redeemer ends up doing the most sacrificial act in all of human history. And now that new nature inside is inside of us that we're pushing back that selfish nature because we have a new nature that is all about generosity. It's all about loving. It's all about giving. Philippians chapter two, verses three and four says, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourselves do not merely look out for your own personal interests but also for the interests of others the early church did this organically they didn't have a bible study like this to tell them to do this they they were just so full of god they were so full of the holy spirit they started meeting together and they started learning that they had needs going on. They had financial situations happening because of the, 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 the want to stay together and, and be together. They, they had no income coming in. And so, check out what happens in Acts chapter 2, verse 44 and 45. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Check this out they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. That's radical. They, they looked at their situation, and they said, I'm going to take my surplus, and I'm going to leverage it for my brother's need right now. He can't pay his rent this month, and so let, let's kind of rally together, and let's Annie up, and let's take all of our little extra, and let's put it together, and let's take care of, of, of Joe's rent. Let, let's take care of Sarah's medical bill here, because we know that she can't take care of it. See, you may have something that someone else needs, and you recognize as a follower of Jesus that I have been blessed to become a blessing for that other person that has a need in their life. And we're talking that that God has called us to be generous, not just materialistically, but emotionally, spiritually, spiritually. We're supposed to be sharing. There's going to be people around us with more needs than they've ever had in their entire life. And God has equipped you with his spirit. God has equipped you with salvation. God has equipped you with hope so that you can be a heavenly dispenser to all of these people that have materialistic needs, emotional needs, and the most important, spiritual needs. And God says, I want you to be my hope dealer to all these people around you. Do you want to become God's hope dealer? Yes, of course you do. I said I never knew I was going to be a dealer. Yes. in Jesus' name, you're a hope dealer. Now, I read this, and I think this is really good to read this in this season of time that we're in, because this isn't the first time the world has been challenged with with a plague or with a virus like this. This has happened. As a matter of fact, this is more than normal routine in. Ancient times than it is in our modern times, but it says this the Roman world was full of plagues, epidemics regularly decimated cities and regions. Though ancient people did not understand the germ theory of disease, they knew enough to flee cities if they had the means to do so. The first Christians who saw themselves as a household of God in their cities did not flee the plagues, they stayed and they served. In his book, The Rise of Christianity, sociologist Rodney Stark develops a statistical argument that this commitment to providing meaningful care to people stricken by the plague was all by itself a major contributor to the growth of the church in the first centuries of the common era. After you had recovered from the plague, after all, where would you wanna go and worship? The pagan temple whose priests and elite benefactors had fled at the first sign of trouble? or the household of the neighbor who had brought you food and water, care and concern, at great risk to themselves. When this plague is passed, what will our neighbors remember about us? Will they remember that the Christians took immediate decisive action to protect the vulnerable, even at great personal and organizational cost? Will they remember that being prepared and free from panic that households of their Christian neighbors were able to visit the needy while protecting them by keeping appropriate social distance, provide for their needs, and bring hope? Will they remember that having ensured safety in all ways we could, we still gather to worship and praise God together week after week, celebrating the resurrection, that even as we cease doing inessential things, we made clear that serving and worshiping God was the greatest and most essential task in our lives? Check this out, Romans 12, verse 21. Do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. Amen. This should be our mantra right now. When everybody else is coming undone, the church is actually coming together. And we're doing this for the common good of our neighbor. Church, this is our moment. We've been praying for an awakening, we've been praying for God to use us to love our neighbors. This is it because God' light shines the brightest when we're at our darkest. And we are living in one of the most dark times in modern history. I had people comparing this to World War I and World War II and they said even those times, the, the world hadn't all been in this together. The whole world is in this together. Almost every nation on our planet has been impacted by this virus. When I think of our brothers and sisters in Zambia, a third world nation who has very, very poor Uh, healthcare and I'm thinking about them and and when this thing kind of lands on its shores like how how we're gonna be able to even meet the needs of of our brothers and sisters in Zambia and all these other third world nations but right now, God has equipped us so that we can help a hurting world around us. That this isn't the time to run away and flee, this is the actual time to run towards the danger and to help a neighbor that desperately needs to be helped. I have some ideas uh, that, that I wanna just throw out to you. Now you could, you could take these ideas and you could implement them or maybe you have a better idea. Maybe these ideas will help generate an idea that we haven't even thought of before. But we want you to be thinking as a family, how are you gonna respond to this? How is there gonna be sacrifice within your world to a world that desperately needs the hope of heaven? So here's just some ideas that you might want to pray about, may, may want to help out and, and do as a family. But it says, uh, first of all, check in with seniors and those susceptible to illness to see if they need groceries or household goods uh, to be picked up. So there's, there's delivery services, uh, Instacart, uh, there's Grubhub, there's, there are these meal services where you don't necessarily have to be the one to deliver, but somebody told me the other day that you can actually order for somebody else on Instacart and and you could actually yeah, buy all of their stuff and ship it to their house, and somebody will deliver it to their house, uh, and you, you don't even have to go and do it yourself. So there are seniors right now, like my dad, that are really you know, in self-containment, and, and they're there, and they're not leaving their house because they, they are at high risk for catching things, and, and so who's, who's gonna minister to them? Who's gonna reach out to them? And I have relatives in Bakersfield to help my dad, and there's neighbors that are being neighborly to my dad, so I feel good about that. But I'm asking myself a question, who are the seniors that live around me, who I would want to treat like my own dad, that are shut up in their house or their condo or their apartment, and, and nobody is there to, to help them? Which leads me to the next thing is uh, this thing called the Nextdoor app. Some of you haven't even heard of this app. But this is like the modern day neighborhood watch that is available as an app for your phone. And it will actually connect you with all of your local neighbors. And if you've never heard of it, your neighbors have, and chances are probably at least 50% of your neighborhood is already connected to this app, and they've already been having conversations with each other, but you can actually help find out needs in your neighborhood more effectively uh, with an app than you can actually just walking around uh, your neighborhood, because this is the weird Uh, society that we live in, that people will answer uh, a message on their app more than they will their own door. (laughs) Like They're more suspicious of somebody at their front door than they are somebody on their app. This is a weird time we live in. But but take advantage of that. Find out. I was on Nextdoor app before church this morning, and I found out two neighbors that live next to us in Camarillo that are seniors that need some help. And so I'm, I'm excited that we're gonna be able to maybe help somebody out that is right next door to me, and we could pray for them as well as bring them groceries. Here's the third idea, reach out to medical professionals and grocery store employees who are still working to keep us safe and secure, and keep them in, in your prayers. Lift them up. And I was reading a tweet yesterday too, a, a garbage collector. He was like, nobody's thinking about us. Man, he's got a valuable job right now. He, he doesn't have the luxury of, of staying home with his family. He's, he's got a service that he's got to provide for our community. Like, what if we would just step out a little bit and, and maybe send out some thank you notes? We, maybe when, when the garbage collector's coming this week, we have a thank you note. Maybe a gift card. Maybe uh, as we're uh, driving by a, a medical facility, um, you can say, hey, don't worry, I'm good, or, or maybe even leave the card and just say, I just wanna bless you guys. Uh, just be thinking outside the box, like these are people that don't have a choice right now. They have to show up to work, and we as a community are better off that they're showing up to work. So let's be the light to encourage these people and, and to make sure that that they're having their needs taken care of. Um, I know even as a pastor, sometimes the the most powerful thing that can happen is somebody just sends me a thank you note and just appreciates me. That, that feels really good. Here's another idea. Find some local people who get paid hourly and who've been laid off and, and find out some upcoming bills that they're not gonna be able to pay. And I know that's kind of awkward because a lot of us, if, if we're honest, we're kind of prideful on that and like we keep that stuff to ourselves. You know what? We, we gotta let pride get out of our lives right now. We, we gotta be there for each other and if you've been laid off, if you're worried about how you're gonna pay your bills, man, this is what the church is about. And Pastor Phil is gonna be out at the table after service, and we wanna mobilize a first response team uh, to this situation, and obviously, number one, help people within Atmosphere Church that are gonna be put into some situations that may create some financial difficulty in their families, but beyond that, broader than that, we wanna be able to find out people locally that may not have anything to do with faith, And let's take care of them too if we can. Let's figure out a way that we can take our little bit and put it together and we could create maybe a fund and then we could start funding some people in some of the dire straits they're in financially. What what kind of a message would we send to that single mom right now that got laid off who's hourly, who doesn't even know how she's gonna put food on the table and some random church that is down the street just dropped off $500 uh, $500 cash and said, we just want, we know that this is going to be tough for you. We just want to make sure that you can provide for your kids during this time. I mean, what would that say? This is the kind of church that we came here to be a part of, and, and I want to teach you guys how to be this kind of a church, and it's easy. It's not difficult. Uh, here's another. Reach out to our, our local schools to see if there are needs with these student meals uh, that are happening Uh, Right now, with the schools being shut down, there's some kids, the only time they eat is when they show up to school. That's the only real meals that they're getting. And so, with the schools being shut down, they don't have access to regular meals and maybe their mom's uh, work or whatever in their single uh, family home. Let's be mindful of that. I know the schools are shut down and and maybe they have a cafeteria uh, crew that's coming in, but what if we just called our local school that's in our neighborhood and said, Can I volunteer? Maybe there's somebody that you know that because the school's out and they need to go to work, now they have a, a childcare problem. They don't know where to take their... Maybe you volunteer to watch their kids while they go to work. I mean, we can really think of ways that we can love our neighbor right now that would just be so awesome. Here's one more thing, and this is probably one that, that we just, we don't even pay attention to because it's just, it's so simple. How about we just look out for each other? How about reaching out to a family member and just checking on them? We are so busy, our family members, we just take for granted. Some of you have moms and dads you haven't checked in on in a while. Some of you have siblings you haven't checked in on in a while. Some of you have have cousins, um, and some of my cousins are watching online, so hey, cousins, all right? So, I mean, I think it's cool that, that we can use a platform like to say, hey, how are you holding up? That's the question. Ask, ask your family members. Text. It. Just, you don't have to, because sometimes it's like, oh, if I call, it's going to be an hour. Hey, I get it. I understand that. That's the beauty of text message. You just get to text them like, hey, I'm thinking about you. Love you. Appreciate you. Here's a verse for you. Just how you holding up. I mean, that's as simple as it gets. Some of you, there's somebody missing here this morning. They're not here. Check on them. They're in your life group. Check on them. Text them, call them, let them know they are loved. That can be the most godly thing you do in this season that we are in. Church, this is our moment. Let's shine like stars the way Jesus intended us to shine. It's sacrifice, not selfishness. I'm gonna have the band come up, and as they're coming up, and we're gonna end our time with worship, I I wanna remind you of a scripture That is so important for us to practice. It's one thing to hear, it's another thing to practice, right? Here it is Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Let me tell you, you are not of this world, so do not be anxious as the world is anxious. Let the peace of God fill you this morning so that you can take that peace and become a peace dispenser to a world that desperately needs to be in contact with the peace of God. Let it overflow inside of you and impact every relationship around you. It's here. The peace of God is here and wants to fill your life up.
0: Thank you for tuning in today to another great message from Atmosphere Church. If this message has spoken to your heart, would you take a moment and share it with your friends? You can connect with us on Spotify, iTunes podcast, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Simply do a search for Atmosphere Church through these various platforms and then click the follow or subscribe buttons. It's another great way for us to be able to stay connected with you. If you live in the Southern California area, we would love to invite you to be part of our family. For more information about our church, go to our official webpage at www.atmosphere.church. Finally, if this service and our other resources bless you, would you consider giving back to Atmosphere Church to support not just these things, but to also support the creation of even more resources for you, and really for others who are also desiring to grow in their faith? To make a donation, simply go to our website and click on the tab that says give. Your gift of any amount is greatly appreciated. Until next time, we pray you will keep the faith, spread the hope, and live the love.